Hey, folks, it's KP Burke. Don't worry. Everything's good. Okay. It's happy news this time at the beginning here. Happy news for a couple of reasons. Strange news for a few things. We just want to give you guys uh, up to speed over here. So first of all, if you are a founding loser, you'll already find that your Patreon episode for the month of June was delivered early because we love you. And it's about <laughs> Fatty Arbuckle. Pretty much picture Chris Farley if he was up on rape charges. That's the case we're talking to you guys about. It's brutal. It's a crazy story. It's a wild story, but it's a damn good one. And it's available for as little as $3 over on Patreon. Check that one out, folks. You will not be able to get a Patreon episode for the month of July because you will be getting no episodes of American Loser for the month of July. I'm so sorry, guys. Due to scheduling stuff, uh, my father's declining health. He's <laughs> <laughs> been declining. <laughs> Every you day is another step down. <laughs> Kahuna's trip to San Quentin. Oh, there yeah. Uh, uh, Carrie's early release program uh, that she's a part of. The Green Mile. Meanwhile, I'm going to go uh, go rob a bank so that I can go into prison so that I'm protected. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The health benefits. And the Kahuna's career continues on an upward trajectory, as does mine, okay? So we are going to be taking the month of July off from American Loser, but there's a couple things we're going to be doing in the background. We're not just kicking our feet up. We're not just hanging down in South Beach, all right? Like we're some people are, you know. It. We're researching it. No, we are going to be launching a bigger, badder version of the show here. We're going to use all of the Kahuna's many talents, okay? His audio skills, his visual skills. I wouldn't say all of them. Puppetry. <laughs> just American Loser sock puppet theater people. <laughs> expanding the, the uh, finish many, your sentence. many, many Jesus. benefits of, of the... Of the uh, of the cahoons, you <laughs> say all. I mean, that, how is that possible? How I'm becoming you, an executive executive. How can producer? you put a limit on infinity? It's very true, though. We are going to be tapping deeper into uh, our boys' talents. They're behind the ones and twos. We're going to be bringing you the visual side of the house here soon, guys. So it's going to be uh, more graphics, a couple other things, more Oof. opportunity for some other stuff, and just really growing the show into the thing that I really dreamed it could have been. That History Channel could have made it. By the way, shout out to our boy Pete Stegmeyer, former guest of the show, um, who got hired by History Channel. He's uh, he's one of their um, heist experts for Pierce Brosnan's new show that's See, coming out. American Loser is just a stepping stone to bigger and better. That's right. Things. As they as they move so on to bigger things on. without me, but <laughs> <laughs> but so I just want you guys to know there's going to be no new episodes for uh, just the month of July. We'll be back <laughs> the first week of August, bigger, badder, ready to roll, visual medium. Okay, I got a haircut. I'm losing weight. It's serious, guys. Okay. <laughs> In the meantime, if you're missing out on me. Do me a favor. Come check me out live on the road. I got some dates. I'll be opening up for Bobby Kelly again here soon. Uh, also got a couple other things. I'm going to be down in Austin, Texas. We'll see if I get COVID again this time. Who knows? Uh, but check them all out there. Just help me out if you can. All right. Also, Escape from Jacksonville. Still available. Tell a friend about it. Put it on the background. Someone falls asleep at a party and their you know phone is open. Just go to YouTube. Search KP Burke Escape from Jacksonville. Then take a picture of your privates and put it back in the pocket. <laughs> so, But do me a solid on that one. You can help me out over there. And again, thank you so much to the founding losers who help us keep this show rolling. We hope to grow your numbers soon as well. And just thank you again for everything. We're taking the month of July off. We'll see you back bigger, badder than ever, first week of August. Thank you and enjoy this week's episode. It don't matter what I try. I just can't win and I don't know why. There's a fork in every I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down American loser, the 
day I was born. Hey there, folks. What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of American Loser. As you heard in the announcement here earlier at the beginning, it's going to be your last one for the month of June. We're taking the month of July off, but we got to send you off with something pretty good here. Something <laughs> this to, is a good one. Something to sink your teeth into. My name's KP Burke. The show's called American Loser. We tell uh, weird tales from American history. We put the spotlight firmly on second place. There's all sorts of different kind of losers. You guys, if you know how the show works and you get it already, you also know those familiar voices. My Delph of a Dad is here. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, this one, uh, yeah, this one uh, is not going to be found in your high school history book. I guarantee no. that. I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue possibly the greatest liner note we've ever found. Um, to, And I want to give full credit to our cousin, uh, my cousin, rather, uh, your niece, Erin uh, Burke, is actually the one who gave us this topic. She tagged me in this a couple of years ago. And Erin keeps a full dance card, folks, okay? So uh, she's a very busy lady. She's got her own business, I think. She's mother to two kids. She's running around all the time. Can't seem to get her down in the studio, all right? Megan, you're listening, so tell Aaron to get her ass in the studio here. We waited two years for this topic. We couldn't wait anymore. Behind the ones and twos, you guys know that voice. It's the big kahuna. Say hello, sir. What up, man? <laughs> it's Kuna. been a little while. It has. It has. We're happy to have you back, though, man. For, for the, the for 25 minutes? <laughs> yeah, kahuna's about to leave here to go to the Smod Castle, okay? But luckily, we brought in a quality guest, a professional podcaster. He's all right. Friend of the show. Good human being here. And an excellent head of hair, too, mind you. All right? Facts. Yeah, rivals mine. A little jealous. Chris Abalo is in the studio here, folks. <laughs> Hello, fellow losers. Wait, are your audience? What do you do? You call your audience? You don't call them losers, right? Because uh, well, I don't want to be really just. No, people are tuning a, out in droves right now. Our Patreon like, crew is actually the founding losers. That's what we like to call them. So that's I can get so behind that. Five, yeah. So okay. for as little as three dollars a month, too, folks, you get a bonus <laughs> access to the Patreon. Hit the entire up, back people. catalog could be yours yeah. if you want to join that while we're off the air for the month of July. If you want to join and just go through the back catalog of stuff you didn't get from Patreon, you can do that, folks. Do it. Yeah. All right. And Chris, real quick, what is your show called? Because I'm going to be a guest on that in about forty minutes. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's going to take a little longer for the rest of you to get that. But uh, my show is called Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiment. We do it right here to Shared Universe every single Monday. It's available on all the apps, wherever you get your podcasts and stream your music. You guys can find Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiment, also known as CAPE, because it ends up being an acronym and it kind of works. So <laughs> there's that. And yeah, KP is going to be on CAPE 206. So you guys can check that out uh, July 11th, because this is probably going to go up before that. Oh, nice. So yeah. hopefully later on tonight, we'll see what happens. We'll see how busy Kahuna gets. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> this, this kid has a hard out, as they say in the biz. Yeah. He's like, I got to go, man. Sorry, I don't have time for this tonight. <laughs> well, also, I'm here and he, let's say the show has a reputation for taking a really long time. <laughs> so... Well, that's why like, we I like can't. you because you never got mad at us for running late on our show and vice versa. So it's exactly. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it all works. Meanwhile, there's that one show that never came back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. There, when we in the original Eatontown space before we even moved, because that was the second spot in that building. Right. They had a show that went just a little too long, but they they had the guys who came after them had, had come early. So we're doing the show and I feel bad. It's like, all right, we got to wrap up. But then we were only a couple of, we didn't go that far over, but they were so mad and never came back. <laughs> Literally wow. for, for no reason. Like they were giving me like lip the entire time, like giving me an attitude. And I was just like, what the, what the yeah, fuck like did a, I do? You, yeah, you this, like relax. I recall, I can't, I'm trying to remember their name. I don't think it was so rigid. the don't Joe give Rogan don't do experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the show. yeah. Who knows where they went? So uh, who needs them? 
But it all works out, man. But, so uh, you know how the show kind of works, right, Chris? Yes, it's, sir. It's a I've, weird one. We do. Uh, we're, we're we're content heavy. We have no. Uh, we lack the narcissism to sit here and do a show and think that we're going to be <laughs> witty and charming. So enough. you brought me in to affect the balance. Is that it's what it a, is? <laughs> it's like this guy's got his name right in the name of the title of the show. He's way full of himself. So. No, that's part. See, this is where you're going to help us carry this bad boy. <laughs> okay, but we that's have to fine. write a term paper every week, and this particular little nugget in history here. It's about as nuts of a fucking footnote as I've ever heard here. I love nuts. Kahuna. Love, nutty topics. Let's hang on. <laughs> <laughs> this this show has not taken a turn. Freudian. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> saying it's a nutty topic and I'm down. Oh, it's going to be a fun one, man. So we brought you in blind here. Chris is a smart guy for the listeners at home. Chris is a smart guy. He's uh, He offered to do research like all the great guests do here on American Loser. However, comma, we wanted to bring him in with nothing because it's kind of a – I want to see who's going to have the bigger freak out. We start to reveal some of these things. It's either you or Kahuna. Kahuna's had some good ones. Um, well, remember the first time I walked out of here? I think because uh, Westinghouse or something. Oh, weird. You would say that. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And I'm out. Wow. That's a seed. Oh. Definitely tie in there. Yeah. Plant oh. that seed. Plant that seed, folks. I got a good one for you. We're going to give you, it's going to sound like we can't bring it back to that, but you'll be shocked. That's how it works here on American Loser. You guys know that one. Um, guy's name is Hans Schmidt. Okay. <laughs> Hans, Hans Schmidt. Hans if you wrote Schmidt. that in a screenplay mm-hmm. and for a German character, they'd be like, you have to change it. That's too on the nose. It's, <laughs> yeah. That is just, ru- that's so stereotypical. It's hilarious. Listen, Rickman's dude. dead. We can't bring him back for this. What are you trying to pull? Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Hans Booby, right? Right, indeed. <laughs> What's your name? I'm your white knight. Yes. <laughs> That's right. So this particular Hans, Hans, Hello. Hans Schmidt is a nice boy from Bavaria who believed he had been called to serve God through divine interaction. <laughs> so Bavarian loser. <laughs> I was just about to say, damn it. Hey, Got to get up early around here, kid. You're allowed to travel. You're allowed to travel on this show. It's, a, yeah. Yeah, it's like we, we, a naturalized American loser eventually. Right. Is that they're what not, all, not, they're the, not all American born. They're called We've dreamers, been Chris. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. They're That's called right. dreamers. Right. And their dream is to come here to the land of opportunity to become the first Catholic priest to get the death penalty. Oh, wow. That's what, Boy, did we pick a good week. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm, not, I'm so excited by this. You've no idea. Claiming to have been ordained by Saint Elizabeth herself, a Catholic saint from Hungary, Hans would enter the Catholic priesthood with plans on changing the world. Instead, he goes down in history as the only Catholic priest ever given the death penalty in America. So we'll borrow a line from Sam Harris. It's a lot to unpack here. Um, <laughs> born in Bavaria in 1881 to parents with long histories of mental illness. So you know it's going to be good, Chris. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. Got, he's got that doesn't pedigree. Just, he's got pedigree. That doesn't just wash out, you know, <laughs> no. in the gene pool. No, that, that hangs around. It's the special sauce <laughs> that, yeah, that lingers. Uh, hangs around like a layer of semen. No, I'm sorry. I should, That's no, a, <laughs> sorry, Sunquist family. Um, but uh, here's where it gets pretty wild right away. Um there's almost – you can almost have like a coloring book, if you will. Uh, paint by numbers maybe is the right way to say it. Now for, you're speaking my language. For how to create a uh, a serial killer. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I, th- I think they accomplished that pretty quickly here, Dad. Okay. Um, Hans is routinely beaten by his father and is forced to witness his mother being beaten by his father on the regular as well. Luckily though, Hans is able to find a healthy outlet for this via his deep devotion to religion – and his affinity for hanging out around the local butcher shop and slaughterhouse to watch the animals be killed and dismembered. Wow. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got to have a hobby. 
Casual I mean, yeah, this before cable. Out. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> like, what, what was there to do in Bavaria? I've, I don't know what they do now, let alone back in the day. Well, so it's just like we're going to the butcher shop to do what? Watch some chickens get skinned. It's going to be awesome. We're going to go swimming, Hans. Do you want to come with us? Nah, man. I'm going to the slaughterhouse yeah. to go watch a goat yeah. get dismembered. <laughs> I'm uh, going to the abattoir. He wasn't on his Game Boy or anything. No, I mean, he was, you know, trying to uh, well, that's fulfill I mean. his afternoons with. Uh, you got to do something. Yeah, Listen, right. my, my grandparents had, my father's the youngest of 10. What were they going to do back then? That's well, all they had. Funny that you mentioned that because uh, Hans was actually, uh, you know, had uh, nine siblings. Really? So, yeah, yeah. So mom was uh, popping them out. And, Is he, uh, apparently? And would have nothing to do with uh, the kids as well. So mom was a, a devout <laughs> mom was a devout Catholic and dad was a Lutheran. So there was a lot of animosity over those two things. Beefing. And, Man. Uh, the stuff know, people don't discuss before they get married. Am I yeah, right? No. The conversations <laughs> you should have. I mean, well, I've never been married, but- Listen, it's, it's an come Irish up. tune. Um, it's the biggest bloody mix-up that I've ever seen. Well, my father, he was orange, meaning Protestant, and my mother, she was green, meaning Catholic. Mm. And that's a song that just goes on about how, you know, uh, this kid is all screwed up simply because mom and dad just couldn't quite see the the right eye to eye on on the whole religious aspect of the thing. But that's yeah. why dad beat everybody. Apparently, he was really upset about at least that. Right. It's uh well, there's other things too. So you have like a because we were talking about we did a couple other um. Uh, like mob figures and stuff like that recently mm-hmm. on the show and other serial killers we've covered in the past. There's always trauma in the childhood that disrupts people. Right. And so him getting roughed up by his old man, seeing his mom get roughed up by the old man, kind of a cold household here. Uh, Schmidt's going to start or our boy Hans. We'll just call him Hans the rest of the show. Hans, <laughs> uh, Hans will also indulge in uh, and keep in mind, he's born in 1881. So now he's going to indulge in uh, bisexual behaviors. He's also known to be drinking the blood of animals. Yeah. Drinks the blood okay. of animals. So we got the psychopath combo plate going right yeah. here. Yeah. Very early yeah. on. Oh, yeah. He took the steak tartare early on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now he starts imitating the behaviors he sees at the slaughterhouse on small animals he's able to catch, which is another early indicator of sociopathic tendencies. Mm-hmm. So he's killing small animals. He drinks their blood. Uh, a little, you know, not that there's anything wrong with being bisexual. I mean, it's, uh, you know, to me, it's a foreign concept, but that's, you know, it is what it is. It's, um, for the times, that's why that one's so peculiar. Now right. it's a little bit more right. accepted here, you know. Um, but uh, anyway, when he wasn't being sexually promiscuous, drinking blood or hanging out at the slaughterhouse, though, <laughs> our boy Hans loved him some old-time religion. Sure, his family may have noticed that <laughs> Obviously. He... <laughs> well, apparently, this is a true story as well. Did you hear the one about what he did to the family geese, Dad? Yep, I certainly did. Take, yeah, take it away. <laughs> uh the family had two, uh, two geese, and Hans decided that uh, they needed killing, so uh, he killed the geese and then cut their heads off, but saved the heads as a little souvenir, put them in his pocket to uh, <laughs> just to, you know, some kids walk around with marbles in their pocket or yeah, whatever. Or jacks he, he, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. He was like I got playing geese cards heads. or, you know. Worst show and tell ever. Yeah, <laughs> could you imagine being in that third grade class? Uh, and Hans Schmidt, how did you spend your summer vacation? Hans, put it away. Put it away. Yeah, yeah. Hans, stop yeah. playing with it. Stop it. Hans blood like, everywhere. Oh, I made a puppet yeah. show. Oh, he's drinking the blood right out of the neck. Hans, now get talking. in the hall. Yeah, that's a little kind of a different spin on a fidget, right? That, that. <laughs> 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 uh, we're only a few minutes Woo. in. All right, Larry Burke, you just set the high water mark for the show, I think. I think so. Oh, my God. I always think for my show, we generally take the best quote from the show, and that becomes the episode (laughs) title. So that would win. Different kind of a fidget. Exactly. Different spin on that fidget. That would have been the name. So in this uh, portrait of a serial killer we're developing here, uh, again, it's uh, sexually promiscuous, drinking blood, hanging out at the slaughterhouse. 
an absolute devotion to religion, though. Everybody almost admired that. His family may have noticed, okay, yeah, he's killing some stuff around the house, but at least he's doing something nice. He's got plans to go into the seminary, folks. All right. Yeah, That's, even as a little kid, though, he was he was playing pretend uh, priest that he was. Uh, Pretending that he was, they called him the little priest that he was always pretending that he was performing, uh, you know, a mass or whatever the situation. Well, with all those dead animals around, someone's got to make sure they they transition, you know, to the right. I have a question for who, who after seeing this kid dangling around like loose goose heads and shit is like, you know what? Little priest is a perfect nickname for you. Yeah. Like that. I have some questions. (laughs) I mean, uh, he wasn't posting the, the, geese heads on social media or anything back then so he may have been able to do that on the sly and but present himself still man like that, as a good uh, boy you know all the frau lines might have been like oh he's so good he should be a little priest and everything and meanwhile it's, it's actually also, just like i'm cutting heads and drinking blood yeah also at the time you weren't allowed to um be married if you were a catholic priest so the frau lines of bavaria were probably like oh that's great you're going into the priesthood we don't have to no, yeah like, uh, that's so great God, yeah. i'm so happy to hear that Rocking all right ladies way. unlock them we're safe well uh, hans is going away He's got a couple other hobbies he's going to start to pick up, though, here, too, as he gets older. You find a couple passions that are recurring themes throughout this guy's life. While studying to enter the priesthood, Hans will begin to develop another affinity for uh, counterfeiting and forgery. <laughs> it's, wow. okay. it's pretty good. He's a multifaceted individual. Yeah, this guy's he's, he's going places. Kahuna's right. literally on his phone right now trying to cancel his next appointment I'm because like, he wants to hear where this Ernie, is going. He's like, like yeah. Listen, I, I need till seven. I can't be there till like seven fifteen, seven thirty. This kid's got prospects, no doubt. Well, yeah. apparently, if you were failing, um, if you were failing in the seminary in your studies, uh, or in any schooling really, for that matter, students who were failing their studies could, for a price, of course, get themselves a one of a kind Hans Schmidt forged diploma. <laughs> he was counterfeiting and forging diplomas for kids. Yep. Wait, from the seminary? From the seminary. So other- Okay. Yeah, like so you were just fa- like you're ordained or whatever the equivalent would be. I'm not sure if it's ordained or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think you graduate. Like- I, I'm not sure on this one. There's there's a good Catholic in the room here, my father. Uh, <laughs> well, I was I raised in the Armenian church. So that's a, <laughs> um, but my understanding is you graduate the seminary and then you get ordained, I think, right, Dad? Right. That's how just because you go to seminary doesn't mean that you're going to become a priest. That, yeah. That takes a little longer. And it could be that you know he was forging these documents for- uh, pre uh, entering into the uh, into the seminary kind of a thing just to, there was a number of people that were trying to get into the seminary and you needed to pass certain grades so mm. Hans would take care of that for you so you know we'll just pencil with that baby <laughs> like into the place and, uh, the Bavarian mob there. yeah really? in keeping with your recent theme I mean oh, it, totally. this guy was kind of like a one-man Bavarian mob if he had done this in New York um, about 40 years later, he'd probably be working for like the Gambinos or yeah, something. It would, no, it'd just be a Netflix series, The Bavarian. Like, and it would take it's place a- in Hell's Kitchen and he'd be mopping up stray animals and forging documents. Be, actually, now that we're talking Come about to it, CBS we just this delete fall. this because I, I got a pilot going in my head already because this actually oh, sounds like a pretty solid idea. I'll tell you what, the more you... Uh, we always do uh, – we haven't done it in a minute, but there was a, a segment we were doing called Casting Couch where Kahuna would try to cast <laughs> the movie, the actor that would play this person. Yes. Yeah. So you're not going to be here for the end of it. I will say this. The guy who could play this character with some conviction would be uh, uh, Joe Pantoliano because it's so close to Ralphie from Sopranos. Oh. Picture Ralphie from Sopranos if he was a Catholic priest. <laughs> there's there's okay. a huge link up there yeah. here in a second too. Literally a spitting image taken in a second. But, uh, Uh-oh. So okay. Hans winds up getting in trouble for these forged documents over here. Yeah, yeah. he gets caught on the on the forged document uh, scam. So uh, you know he he is charged with that. But uh, finally, Papa Schmidt steps up and helps to 
helps the lad out and hires a, a decent lawyer for him to uh, beat the rap kind of a thing. You're in now. Bavaria in 1880, and they're like, all right, we're going to need a Jewish lawyer for this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he gets a big Sell those animal lawyer. carcasses to see what kind of lawyer we can yeah, get right. <laughs> for the pelts. Well, it worked because he's able to get the charges dropped. So and they get him on a mental gaffe. They're like, "Oh, he's uh, mental issues. That's why he did this. He didn't. He doesn't know wrong from right, kind of a thing." Which is so, why he's studying to be a priest. Yeah, I mean, it's, even funnier. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, is it like when dudes get caught and it's like, "Listen, jail or military? What's it going to be?" Like maybe they were like, "Well, he's going to the seminary, so right. he, he he will reform himself." Because he's dedicated himself to the faith. That's a, that's a good I, point. I wonder, I mean, I'm yeah, wondering, like the equivalent, like I'm thinking 140 years ago, maybe they're like, listen, yeah, clearly no, he's, he's changed his ways. Because you see that, I mean, we've I've, I've heard of people getting traffic tickets. I'm not copping anything. But, you know, there's sometimes guys show up, this big burly guy, and it's just like, well, this is your fifth ticket <laughs> in right. as many months. Right. Uh, we understand, you know, the guy's wearing, you know, a camo t-shirt and it's like, uh, my client has enlisted in the army. He will be, uh, you know, in the National Guard right. and, uh, you know, he's he's ready to do that. And what do you know? He walks out without any points. I wonder if it's something like that. It could be. I mean, yeah. the, the, I just joined got a 19th century equivalent. You got to think, too, that uh, all the locals knew that, hey, you know, Hans, there's something a little yeah, off. Something is wrong with that boy. That, uh, that, uh, that Schmidt boy is not And that thrived. was part of the thing, too, that, uh, you know, his dad and, and the lawyer that he hired Put out that then, you know he's got a, a family history of uh, not being quite quite on center. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know, give the give the kid a break that he's just he's a youngster. He may, we all make foolish mistakes in our uh, wild and wicked youth. Uh, yeah, exactly. Thing, so. So well, we caught him with a couple of boys too. Yeah. So you know, we don't we, look. He's confused. Okay. Right. Like back in the day, who knows what they would have used for defense? But that was the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, oh, maybe that helped him get out. It makes sense. Like, the logic's there for that. Yeah. Now, uh, they we're talking about some of the, like, I don't want to call them minor details, all right? But we'll say that maybe there's a couple of things that we're noticing about him, some patterns in Hans's behavior here. But this is where it starts to get a little bit more intense because we are now hearing Hans speak back on his life. Uh, Cooney, you know what an alienist is? An alienist? An alienist. No. Uh, early form of psychology. Oh. Yeah. So it was a, a shrink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were like that show, The Alienist. Where that's like they're trying to figure out the, oh, the subconscious, okay. if but, you will. Funnily enough, when we're talking about our- Funnily. Our, come on. Our, use real words, motherfucker. As, listen, the English invented the <laughs> this, language. This I'm is, co-opting it. This isn't a big book learning <laughs> I, uh, show. Come on. <laughs> as you're talking about the, and describing him and we're casting this, this, what could very well be the next hit on Netflix, I was actually picturing <laughs> Daniel Bruhl from The Alienist as Hans Schmidt. Because I'm like fits. a dude who's kind of like emotionless because you see that guy kind of play neutral characters. He doesn't play like he's never it, that's an actor who's never itching for a crying scene like most actors. Right. Like Ooh. you kind of see him. He's kind of just steady and even. And a dude this sick has to be kind of even tempered because you're looking at it like he's got to be OK with all of this skinning animals, bisexuality back in the day, forgery and religion. Like that's a that's a pretty. That's a full plate. If you ask me, forgery is really where I draw the line. Everything else is okay. <laughs> everything, yeah, everything else is fine, but really. you know, the law comes into it at a point. <laughs> like, right. Right. Well, here's where uh, that mental break, um, I guess you could say, is starting to show. Now, this is Hans later in life telling this to psychologists who are studying him because obviously we gave away where the story ends. He's an infamous man here. But he claims to have been ordained by the Bishop of Mainz in 1904. Uh, no, wrong. I got to jump in. Oh, what do you got, sir? Mainz. 
Mainz. Mainz. <laughs> he's, he's half Mainz. German and he used all of it just yeah, there, there you go, right? So, <laughs> he went to Maine just to get her. <laughs> oh, no, wait, sorry. Mainz. Thank you, Herr Hawk, in Here. two years of German in high school. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mainz. You hear that, Dumont? You're doing all right. <laughs> you it made impression, so it's worth it after <laughs> bishop all. Bishop of Mainz. Thank you, sir. In uh, 1904, so he claims to have been ordained by that bishop, but also claims that the night before his ordination is where it gets good about Yeah, him. and, and mm -hmm. one little nugget, too, that he was being – he claimed to have been ordained by the bishop, but it was a solo ordination. In other mm -hmm. words, it was a private – he was alone with the bishop when the bishop – ordained him oh, okay. to become a priesthood. So, you know, is there a record of, yeah. <laughs> ever that, of that ever happening or not or whatever? But yeah. And, but the night before? Well, now the night before he claims that he was visited by the specter of St. Elizabeth, a saint of Hungary. Yeah. The patron saint of Hungary. Well, she's so, got a great little backstory. Did you read her backstory? Yeah. She, she had some, she had some hocus pocus going on mm -hmm. too. Yeah. She, um, I believe what it was that she had, she was a member of like the uh, the aristocracy or the royalty or whatever mm -hmm. in Hungary. And then she married a husband and then the husband died while um, he was young and she was still young. That she then got her dowry back and then used that money to open up a hospital where she served and took care of the sick herself. So she became a Catholic saint because of that. Hmm. So very wow. important person. And again, Germany doesn't quite exist yet. Bavaria, you have, you kind of have like the German, Austro-Hungary thing. They're all kind of. They're very – it's almost got like a states feel to it. You know what I mean? We're like, mm. oh, Boston, Philly, you know, New York, that kind of ah, shit. Ah, I got you. So it's a little bit of a goofy – there's similarities in the culture here. But for him to say that this particular saint is the one who visited him at night and bestowed the priesthood upon him, that's a pretty big deal. Mm. So Yeah, a patron saint is like the entire country – recognizes this particular saint as being, you know, a number one. St. <laughs> Patrick for the Irish. Well, we got a St. Uh, Elizabeth for the for the Hungarians. Right. It's a, I'm getting a vibe of, you remember the John Lovitz character on SNL and like the A's? It's like, yeah, Saint, <laughs> she came visiting me and I did. Yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah, yeah. That liar character. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting. Is yeah. I'm picturing yeah. this guy like it's just gone from serious straight actor yeah. to like a total like generic con artist. Like, yeah, visited me at night. Yeah, that's the ticket. We got to enjoy the laughter now because at some point we yeah. can't. Obviously, <laughs> I'm trying to just keep it up here because I, this is going to take well, a that's turn. That's good. That's good because we're going to be you're reaching. doing the right thing. We're going to be reaching. So I'm like, I'm talking too much. It's like, well, hang on. It's going to go Relax. Dry. You're good. All right. All right. Thank the, you. Uh, now, again, he gets visited by the specter here, and he, he claims that he never mentioned it to anybody at the time because people would have made he, – he literally said, he goes, people would have made fun of me. They're always making fun of me. No. They would have laughed. <laughs> I hate when they laugh. <laughs> I have many rules in comedy, okay? I'm not afraid to deal with a heckler. I'm not afraid of a Will Smith incident. Um I, I never have a Will Smith incident because I'm busy telling jokes. I was jokes. like, why would you put that out there? Um, yeah, exactly. Now it's going to happen. Uh, no, because the crowd's busy laughing. I don't stink at comedy like a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> um, he but, likes everyone's haircut, all right? That's the truth. I mean, I don't even <laughs> But I will say this. My one rule for comedy is if a guy has severed geese head at his table in front of him, that's right. I'm not even going to acknowledge he's there. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for no. coming, sir. That, yeah, he's not part of the crowd work. Now, uh, working in the Diocese of Mainz, Hans' first few years in the cl uh, the clergy will actually see him. I hate to say it, it's gross that this behavior has gone on for a long time. And, and I, I'll, I'll be I'll, one quick disclaimer here, just to be fair to the listeners: um, the Catholic Church, when it wants to be a force for good in the world, is one of the most powerful forces for good in the world. And there's so many great Catholics 
um, out there practicing people who do it for the right reason. And then there's the people who realize there's a power trip and you can get in there and fuck around. It's almost like the government. It's like anything else. It, yeah. When it is made with good intentions and then corrupted by awful power hungry people. Yeah. Showbiz for ugly so, people. Mm-hmm. It's a, <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's a religion and politics is show business for ugly people. Let's be real. I mean, a baller shit on Hollywood before I did this episode. Kahuna, can you believe it? That's <laughs> okay. Wow. Eight years out there. I got plenty to say, Oof. but we'll get to that be on fun. another show. <laughs> Sorry, I'm playing to the camera, even though it's not running. Just, like, <laughs> you can tell, like, like, I'm on stage. I'm the equivalent of on stage right now. So I'm just immediately like, eh, like I'm giving looks and <laughs> nobody can see it. Well, I'll tell you what, what, an uh, ego, what an egomaniac. Nah, you're off the hook, man. Yeah. Thanks. Now, working in mines, unfortunately, he will uh, he will start to pick up a reputation. They're noticing that he's molesting altar boys. He's also carrying out sexual affairs with several women in the town of which he's working. And he's also consorting with prostitutes on the reg. This guy had range. And yeah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> we walked to Kahuna. Kahuna's done. As as I, I, I like he drew the line at prostitutes. He didn't care about the altar boys, but <laughs> yeah, he's like, right, prostitutes, right, right, right. that's it. Bless me, Father, for I have seen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you well, take your old world ways and you go to your other job, kid. Just kidding. Kuhn is off to uh, the Smod Castle. He left, um, he left us running over here, so we're going to make this one work for you folks here. Now, again, working in mines, he's already picked up this weird thing. So between all that bad shit I just said, He's also fucking with the classics, all right? The classics being the actual way that the the, the mass is supposed to be conducted. He's doing weird eccentric ma- – he's almost got a bit of a Manson vibe to him here mm. where it's like uh, he's, you know, make it witchy looking kind of thing or he's doing a weird uh, take on the mass and the people are not enjoying it. Yeah, the They locals. don't take this uh, deviation from uh, the tradition here. And if there's one thing that is kind of cool, it's that – when you go to for old religions, I do mean this for old religions. Like my mother's, uh, she grew up in the Armenian Apostolic Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old man here is Catholic. But when you grew up, it was still in Latin, right, Dad? Yeah, to start back in the back in the day, as a wee slip of a broth of a boy, I was, you know, it was the <laughs> uh, the Latin Mass for sure. So when it's rooted in tradition, people like that. So when mm-hmm. you deviate from it, all of a sudden you're like, hey, hey, what, what's this guy doing here, man? We know this. We've been doing this for years. New guys coming in here is weirdness all out. Mm. So he wears out his welcome between that and molesting the kids. Probably yeah, had a lot well, to do with yeah. So I mean, the locals are making complaints to the the local monsignor and to the bishop that uh, hey, this guy, uh, this priest that we've got, uh, yeah, he's he's too far he's out there trouble. for us. Like, <laughs> this guy's trouble. In a word, he's got to be trouble. outed. <laughs> well, uh, what are you to do when you've uh, burnt all your bridges in your hometown? All right, and you're this weird eccentric guy with um. You know, a little bit of a promiscuous and hyper-violent, you know, potential. Uh, it's time to come on over to America, baby. That's right. right. The land of opportunity. So forge some documents and come on in. <laughs> that's, that's right. He there could have. Go. That really, that's a good point, too. I mean, probably back in the day, like, mm-hmm. you know, all he needs to do is get a... I mean, if he was able to do it for the church, he probably could have fooled the early 20th century oh, government. Oh, Chris Abalo, just you wait. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not I mean, trying to, again, I came in cold. I know nothing. But no, that, this you're, is good. You're coming, you're coming into America with a collar around your neck. That uh, That's, know, who's, wow. Who's yeah. going to argue with a that's, priest? Yeah, right? that's a VIP pass back right. in the day, right. basically. It was like, oh, it's father, a, come on in. Right. Well, Hans will arrive in America and begins working in a diocese. Of all places, I thought this was interesting, that he winds up in Louisville, Kentucky. Huh. So, and he will run afoul of the senior priest in his parish and quickly gets his ass shipped out to New York. <laughs> All right, so you get booted for, hey, yeah. hey, you're no good for Louisville here. Go back to New York with yeah. the rest of the freaks. <laughs> yeah, his, his first American assignment is is Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and it's- uh, And like, you're too weird for us. <laughs> you're yeah. going to New York. St. John's Church in Louisville, Kentucky. And that last footnote, 
that last footnote on the, uh, the some of the research we did yeah. about that other potential crime? Did you want to reveal that? No, now? We'll, we'll go towards the end. Towards the end. Just remind me so we don't forget. Yeah, I, I've got that. Is so, this Circa Louisville? So I can... Well, he, uh, yeah, it is Circa Louisville. Okay, he, okay. Um, so we can call back to it later. So here's what he does. Um, he winds up getting himself in trouble with the senior priest out there and they boot him, right? And they don't really say why. We'll explain why that we think it was on the tail end of this one. Yeah, okay. well, the Monsignor of that parish, or the senior priest, as you call them, he he, uh, he makes arrangements to have him shipped to New York. Mm. Maybe maybe New York is a little more uh, yeah, that might be more your thing. And, yeah, yeah. You know? like listen, you're too weird for us, but in New York, it fit right in. <laughs> That's right, right. Like even back then, they knew. <laughs> right, because uh, here's a young man with some sexual promiscuity, a penchant for sexual deviances, and a history of sociopathic violence. He couldn't possibly have any issues in 1912 New York. Nope. Okay. <laughs> no. So welcome no. to America. He yeah. arrives. The door's I, flung open. <laughs> is that proper he, English? He's not getting. Oh, you're perfect. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying. Well, funnily done. enough, wasn't. So I'm just checking. It's like flung. It's flung funnily. Over. Funnily. Fun <laughs> I, I listen to a lot of BBC radio. Once upon a time. So listen. Funnily. It came through, funnily enough. And I'm like, that works better than funny enough. <laughs> like funnily. Funnily. You yes. might if that's a real word, I'll apologize to you. I swear if you like if you watch um see now I can't think now I just look like an idiot who's making stuff up. <laughs> you got literally a term paper in front of you, and I'm like, yeah, it's a word, all right. <laughs> um no, if you watch anything like um like Sherlock, like with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch or, or something like that, like if you watch any of those modern British shows, they all say funnily enough instead of funny enough. And I just picked it up somewhere along the way and everybody makes fun of me for it. I own it anyway because it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's worked yours. its way in it's there. It's yours now. It is. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm forging ahead. I'm trying to stake my claim. It's like my, the, my boy Vinny that we used to work with at work. Um, he's a Puerto Rican fella and great mm -hmm. guy. And he used to, he would say Casa Lamino for everything. So mm -hmm. that now I'm saying Casa Lamino everywhere I go. And it's funny because you know, every now and then you'll just have like a Spanish girl look. You're like, what did you just say? I think it means marry me. I think that's what <laughs> But which explains the reaction. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully one of them says yes. Yeah. Just uh, give it Latin night this Thursday. Bell works. Be there. Ooh, I like it. The, uh, I'm not even. That's not even <laughs> a joke. I saw, I saw it on there. the way in and I'm like, what am I doing Thursday? <laughs> that's, uh, now I know. Well, now, uh, just to paint the picture for you here, it is 1912 New York like we're talking about. Right, Dad? Oh, yeah. And, and uh, uh, you know, the streets aren't exactly paved with gold, but uh, there we go. We're yeah. in New York and we're in 1912. Paved with dysentery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bread lines and. It's a, it's a tough New York over here. Mm. But now, again, we had some weird stuff here where he's got some uh, uh, sociopathic tendencies. He's got um, a couple other things going on, too. He says he's visited by the specter of St. Elizabeth. Now, here's where the voices are going to come in, Chris. Mm. You know? Yeah. Well, his new, his new assignment now that he's in New York City um, is St. Boniface's in New York City. So he's he's making the make, – I mean, if, if you make it in New York, you can make it exactly, anywhere. Yeah. Right? Cue the Jefferson's theme. It's like, <laughs> this guy's doing all right. He just yeah. got here. If I could uh, – if Kahuna was still here, I'd have him pull up to see if St. Boniface is still the same structure that was. Because that's the best part in New York is when you see the old buildings that are still there. Oh, yeah. That's my oh, favorite. Yeah. Um, so uh, now while he's working over here, uh, the voices in 1912 – Speak to Hans and instruct him that he is to love Anna a Mueller. Okay. Anna Mueller is the rectory housekeeper at St. Boniface, right? Um, she's also an immigrant from Europe. Yeah. She's also an immigrant mm -hmm. from the Bavarian yep. region. So she probably wasn't mm -hmm. bad looking either, right, I don't and think. She speaks uh, the same, uh, the same speak that oh, yeah. uh, our boy does, Hans. So. so he's having his cleaning lady fantasy pretty much, uh, <laughs> as instructed to him by a higher power, as he seems to think. And uh, now again, so although she at first refuses his advances, she soon succumbs to his will, and the two will begin a secret sexual liaison. Old Hans was never satisfied, though, okay? 
You're right. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Weird, right? There's there's just no moral empty for this guy to hit. Yeah, there's there really is no bottom. Oh, he's fantastic. He just keeps wow. So keep in mind, he is now a priest, um, who is a Catholic priest, mind you, who mm-hmm. is conducting an affair uh with a woman, another one, another parish that he's gone to where he winds up sticking his dick where it doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. Um so at least this time it seems to be with a consenting female, as opposed to some of the other stuff like the prostitutes or uh, molesting altar boys. Yeah, the boys, yeah, the boys right. and everything. So, yeah. So, at least it, this is supposedly a willing participant. Yeah, it's sad that we have to grade him on a curve. <laughs> yeah, really. It's like so far he seems to have finally found a legitimate relationship in New York. Go figure. Thousands of miles from home. Right. After oh, a lot right. of forged documents and dead animals, a Poor trail of which finally followed finally him. Love, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, only in America, folks. I wonder if this is love or if this other one we're about to describe is love, Dad. Because that again, well, we keep yeah, in mind. Well. So we, we don't we're not damning people for being bisexual here. We are saying that for this time, nineteen twelve, uh, you know, uh, New York, even you know, New York as progressive as it probably was compared to other parts of the world, mm-hmm. um, still strange to have somebody be uh, playing for both teams, if you will. Yes. So um, now, old Hans was never said, especially. A priest playing from both. Yeah, yeah, a priest shouldn't was... even be in the stadium, much less playing <laughs> playing on both teams. Right. Like right. they they want the priest in the parking lot. He shouldn't that's even it. come to bat. You know, it, that's... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're just like, listen, we don't. No, you can't switch hit. Okay, that's you a... you need to you need to find right. your way out, Father. That's a great point, fellas. Too. That's uh, that's very fair. There. Always that way, and stay away from the hot dog cart on your way out. Anyway. <laughs> Old Hans is never satisfied, though. He has a secret affair going on with Anna, and then he also has a counterfeiting business. That he's running with a dentist by the name of Ernest Muret, Dad, you want to Muret. say? Muret. Muret. M-U-R-E-T. Ernest Muret. Um, who, by the way, he's also banging. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's, again, this is a Catholic priest uh, in New York in the 1900s, early 1900s, that is conducting a secret affair with the housekeeper of the rectory, if you will. Also running a counterfeiting business on the side with a dentist who he happens to also be fucking. So... And also holds a position in a church. So he's theoretically true working for – where do you find the time? <laughs> I got to say, like, listen, I'm not – I couldn't do all this stuff now if I want – I don't want to, but I really could not fit it all in. And you still How hear, the hell – And you still got to hear confession on Saturday. I mean, it's he's a busy boy. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, he's holding down a job. He's got counterfeiting on the side. He's got a mistress and a mister. Like, that's a lot of work, man. Yeah. I mean, but, I've had two jobs at a time and been exhausted. Mm-hmm. You know, what this sounds like – I, I had to I take know. a nap before I came to this podcast. I hear you. Right? Yeah, like, this guy's <laughs> ambitious. Well, now, uh, you know a little bit more about our boy Ernest, though, right, Dad? Uh, yeah, well, he was a dentist, and we'll, we'll get back to him in, in a bit. But Oh, uh, boy. All right. I know what he's hinting Just at. got a little bit and not a whole lot. Well, uh, Basically, the, 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 he and the dentist were uh, working a plan to uh, crank out some counterfeit monies, and mm-hmm. they were mm. looking to make uh, $10 bills. Ah. Which in 1912, a $10 bill was more like $250. So, mm, but not uh, bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if you're going to go, go big. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. We're not yeah. counterfeiting coins here. Counterfeit $10 bills, you know, I mean, they're going to have some value, but the real value is for $3 a month, you could join the Patreon and get access to the entire back catalog. <laughs> oh, isn't he smooth, right? The transition. Yeah. Just oh, any, I'm telling you. So, so everything's a backdoor and a promotion. I like it, though. Listen, the man's about his business, and I'm okay. He's, he's like a good Hans Schmidt. We're trying here, folks. <laughs> we got to build the uh, got to build the anticipation for the big return in August. That's um, right. But uh, now again, so he's banging the dentist fellow over here. Uh, he will also later in life confess. He goes, by the way, I uh, not only did I sleep with uh, another man, I enjoyed it more than I did my uh, sexual relationships with Anna. 
Wow. And Anna was a good looking uh, female and That's... she was like 21 and he's like 32 at the time too. Mm. So it's, he's, he's going with the, there's just the no pleasing you, yeah, Hans. He's... <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Hans, there's no pleasing you. What do I need to do? Grow a penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, now Hans, like I said, fascinating guy over here. Hans actually performs the wedding of him and Anna himself. So, oh, so he marries her even though I kind of want to know. Yeah, I wanna... for he's a priest. He can't even get married. Wait a second. It, yeah. That's the other part. See, stop being logical here, Abala, will you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you can forge documents to graduate from high school or whatever, and you can yeah, and the seminary, forge, it's like you can uh, also forge documents for your marriage. Or be like, if, it's like that marriage. If, if he gets called on it, he can just be like, that marriage license is a forgery. Trust me, I'd know because <laughs> I forged a lot of documents. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of forged documents in my day. I want to so, know if he did it like Mel Brooks style, though, where it's um, he's standing as the groom, you know, and then all of a sudden for a hot second, then he pops up and he puts on the collar again and then he's the priest. So he's conducting the own ceremony. Is he is he playing multiple roles here? Or is he doing it like this is going to be a reach of a reference or is he doing it like the uh, uh, Triple H marrying Stephanie McMahon uh, in 2001? I don't know what any of that means. I'm just kidding. Uh, is this um, solid reference. It's. <laughs> I'm going to pass that on to somebody who's going to be in hysterics over it. So, you know, <laughs> I'm referring this episode to my friend Jack, who is going to be just doubled over and very, very happy. And then he'll be on here next. Well, so he, now that but, you said that, too, I mean, uh, when I first started doing the research on uh, Hans Schmidt, there was a pro wrestler in the 1950s yep. who used the tagline Hans Schmidt. Uh, and working off of that whole foreign, uh, you know, let's let's hate the foreign or whatever, oh, whether playing, it's uh, playing the heel, who was the the, the Iron the Sheik or yep. uh, whoever was yeah. the 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 foreigner to hate the jour kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So that'll be for uh, Garifo. So I, <laughs> <laughs> um, so not to not to further go down this world, but I will say this one: in terms of wrestler names and picking bad wrestler names, uh, as recently as I think the last year, Doctor Tristan Vedrero pointed this out to me. Um, there's a wrestler. I think the guy's name was Walter at first. And he was from the UK. Uh, he was a British wrestler, big, tough looking guy. And when he came to the WWE in America, they wanted to give him like a more Eastern European background or something. So they gave him a name like uh, it was ridiculous, like something super German sounding. And they, it turns out that was a decorated Nazi general's name. Oh. And they're like, eh, we better fix this before we take this act on the road. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. Right. He's very popular in North Dakota, though. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> the South American tour, this it's might like, work. Listen, the box office sold out. You know, I, I can't believe it. Tickets went on sale. Yeah, Argentina loves him. We can't yeah. figure out why. Right. <laughs> um, but Hans is a character here, man. Um, he, again, is Catholic priest here. He's engaged in a counterfeiting scheme with his male partner that he's banging. He's also now married to uh, the woman, uh, in secret, by the way, to a woman that he's not supposed to be having a relationship with because the voice in his head told him to sleep with her. Okay? <laughs> now, in an act of Fight further debauchery, this is where... This is where it gets like dark. This is where we're gonna. <laughs> well, now we're listen. On we appreciate you all sticking around so far. This Here's was, where it gets nuts. <laughs> this was lighthearted tomfoolery. Until yeah, right. this, is, this is the first twenty minutes of Saving Private Ryan until this point. Okay, <laughs> listen. Now it's gonna get heavy. Oh man! In his uh, one of his greatest acts of debauchery, Hans would legit have sex with his illegitimate wife on the altar of the church of which he was a priest in. St. So. Joseph's. St. because he got moved up town. I mean, who hasn't had a fantasy about having sex at work, though? I mean, let's be real. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Yeah, but uh, on the altar, that might be a little... I mean, do you think this guy takes his faith seriously? <laughs> I mean, 
I'm going to say he, play, he plays a little fast and loose with the religion. Oh, so very much like, so. I really yeah, don't think he bit. cares about going to hell. This is uh, as dark. Know. Yeah, because it's it's almost like um, it's like a darkness. It really is a darkness. So now this guy's um, he's he's for lack of a better term, guys, he's fucking his wife on the altar of the church of which he's a priest now. Mm-hmm. And he said they're doing this on the regular, too. I think it happens a bunch of times. But <laughs> office sex during nice. a, yeah, one such interaction, though. Uh, and, and keep in mind, this is an absolute ludicrous affront to the church. Um, this would be, I remember Opie and Anthony got kicked off the air because they had, um, a couple had sex in the pew of a church yes. in New York. And that was still like, that was one of those moments where I'm like, well, you know, you, they probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And that um, was like 2003, mm-hmm. 2004. So now we're talking about this guy's banging his wife that he's not supposed to have on the altar in the church over here. And then by the way, cue the voices, the voices. <laughs> now, now this is where I would have Kahuna if he was still here. Um, uh, you know, you hear voices in your head and you always think it's going to be something, uh, dramatic. You know, obviously, we're all attached to the Kevin Smith universe here. Of course. So you would think Alan Rickman is the voice of God always rings true to me. Um, but uh, for Kahuna here, I would want Kahuna to – I would tell him what to say as the voice to speak to Hans Schmidt mm-hmm. and I would make him do his Elmo voice. <laughs> <laughs> Hans! Yeah. So yeah. pretty much what the voice is now telling him is that he has to sacrifice Anna. <laughs> The woman that he's banging on the altar of the church during the during sex, his legal wife, mm-hmm. as oh, well, illegal wife, really. Yeah. Well, illegal I mean, wife it, that he performed the ceremony. Well, this is true. Right. Well, yeah, I guess, <laughs> so, listen, this guy blurs lines all over the place. Right. So, yep. Who can so, keep track? But uh, yeah, so now the voice is coming in his head saying, "Sacrifice on a heart." <laughs> that was pretty solid. So, it's no Kahuna. Kahuna it's is not a, well. Kahuna's who is, is scary good? So now the voices, they will now double and triple as time goes on. Hans is hearing these voices telling him to sacrifice Anna so much. Wait, like in harmony? Oh, yeah. Is that what I mean? Because that'd be really <laughs> crazy. It's like, it's sacrifice Anna. Sacrifice Anna. Sacrifice Anna. It's like a boys to men thing. They're just kind of yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. But even if, if Hans Schmidt invented doo-wop as a result of this, that's, Ooh, that'll be an incredible turn. Just be like sacrifice, this white German. Sacrifice. Wait, sacrifice. <laughs> but yeah. he, uh, the voices are so um, uh, dominant now that he winds up telling Anna about it and Anna goes you're crazy don't be crazy like that he goes oh by the way (laughs) brushes it off you're crazy no really I'm hearing voices (laughs) you're crazy no I mean you're crazy she brushes it off and she goes oh by the way uh, I'm pregnant Uh oh Mm -hmm. so yep yeah yeah the uh, the priest just knocked up uh, uh, you know the cleaning girl (laughs) all right he's got this uh, counterfeiting business with the dentist he's also banging the voices are getting louder and more dominant and it's going to lead us to a pretty fascinating event that's going to take place on September 2nd, 1913. Lawrence Patrick, before we dive in on this, is there anything else we need to unpack? Uh, no, I think we're pretty much uh, up to speed at this particular point. But I got a couple little tidbits that I'm going to add to. The, oh, you, you jump in when you need to, yeah, sir. Yeah, this, well, was a, this was a fun one. Um, <laughs> on September 2nd, 1913, Hans will walk into the apartment that he kept with Anna. Yeah, okay. they decided that they were going to have a secret uh, mm-hmm. Secret uh, lair, if you will, a little, <laughs> little place to get away. He's got so, and he also can keep. He can stay in the rectory at the church too. So he to keep up appearances. He goes, oh, I'm staying out in town with yeah. the parishioners or something. Ah. But really, he's in this apartment. He's in his den of iniquity. Right. <laughs> That's such a good word. <laughs> got to put a, got to put your side piece someplace. So, uh, yeah, that's right. That's it right. is New York, and so he's, he's got to pay the part. It's like it's like Goodfellas. It's like mm-hmm. uh, that's his uh, Janet Rossi. Mr. Hill, we there. never yeah. see you. You never come around. <laughs> see? I'm telling you. Uh, the dentist comes ringing the bell. Janet Rossi and Two B. Oh man, the uh, now Hans walks into the apartment that he keeps with Anna, and Anna's sleeping, and Hans walks right up to her, 
and slits his pregnant but illegitimate wife's throat. He will then drink her blood and have sex with her dead body. All right. Now, I want to laugh about this. I do want to laugh yeah, about this. I, I, but only you because. You have to save yourself. It's the only way to, to not process it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Laughter's a deflection from the fact that this guy just killed his pregnant wife um, and is now literally drinking her blood right. and then having sex with the dead body. Was that so, sex better than when she was alive? Because it was better with the man. Like, is he like, you know what? This is what does it for me, after all. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this guy's on a path at this point. So is it like, I think corpses are my thing. That's like, a, if it's a woman, she's be cold and dead, and that's it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, Sam Kinison said it best. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who gets that reference, I know Jeff Quentin's going to get that one. I think we got some great listeners. We have some really smart listeners on the show here, too. Um, I apologize to all of you. No, no, no. no. These, we got <laughs> yeah, good but folk. he's not finished yet. Nope. Nope, he's not finished Ba-dum-t. yet. He's then so going to. We need a room shot. <laughs> Uh, after having sex with the dead body, she's now dying and bleeding to death. Of course, he's going to consume some of her blood. Why wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> he now moves on to dismembering her corpse, and he will then start to dispose of it over the side of a ferry boat in the Hudson <laughs> River. Oh. All right. So just picture he's got a giant pillowcase full of body parts, and he's hopping on a Staten Island ferry. Right. You know, a couple of drunk kids coming home from uh, a night out in the big city. Yeah. And just on the side over there, just a guy dropping off body parts off the side. Uh, <laughs> Not th- – this is the part – this is where you realize you're just dealing with – because I, I sometimes struggle with this. Do sociopaths know what they do? Like do they, they just don't understand right and wrong or is it like that they understand right and wrong but they just thought they could get away with it? This is where this guy is a true madman. Um, he will return to Manhattan having just literally dropped the parts of his pregnant wife um, over the side of a boat and uh, returns in order to – conduct mass on Sunday morning at St. Joseph's <laughs> up in Harlem. He conducts and delivers a full mass, including delivering Holy Communion, fresh off of murdering his wife and unborn child. Jesus. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, Dad. I think the peace be with yous might have rang a little hollow that day. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I think so, Cliff. So Hans had carried uh, out what he believed uh, to be the will of God, and he would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling body parts. <laughs> yeah, and, and then... Too in in between all of this, I mean, he started at um, uh, at St. Boniface's in in New York City, and they got tired of him, and then they shipped them uptown to uh, to Harlem to St. Joseph's Church. So he's always constantly being shipped around from one parish to another. That obviously he's not making friends yeah. <laughs> anywhere. A, a trend that apparently holds today and, uh, when it comes to, you know, doing right. wrongdoing. There's right. no excommunication. It's just like we tra- we need to submit a transfer for Father yeah, so O'Donnell. This, you know, think like, about it. He's, he's, again, he's molested kids at some places. There's another potential crime we're going to talk about down in Kentucky that he might have gotten involved with. Um, <laughs> he's banging hookers. He's changing, uh, uh, you know, the, the Catholic mass. Um, he's engaged in a counterfeiting operation. He uh, rapes his dead wife's body and then disposes of her over the side. I mean, Dad, I'm just going to borrow a line from Norm MacDonald. This guy's a real jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's got to be said. Thank you, Norm. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Norm, for summarizing that so well for us. (laughs) Uh, So now keep going, though, sir, because you got something here, right? You were onto something. I interrupted No, no. We're – you know, he – they bounce him up to Harlem. Hans had, uh, carried out that he was listening. He was Hans was truly listening to the voices, you know, to make a sacrifice out of uh, Anna, and uh, 
he's throwing the the body parts over there. And you said the Staten Island ferry. It really wasn't the. Staten well, I was Island. teasing about that yeah, for a but, modern sense. But it was a ferry that used to run between New York and New Jersey. Um, so he's dropping the, the body parts into the Hudson River, and then uh, a couple of days later, there's some kids on the Jersey side of the Hudson River that come up with half a body, mm. uh, and they're along the edge of, uh, I believe it was Cliffside Park. And uh, Weehawken, I think, right? And then, yeah, and then they find a, uh, some more body parts a couple of miles down the river in, in mm. Weehawken. So, um, and some of the body parts are, are wrapped up in a uh, pillowcase. Now, some of the research that I did too, that they said that the pillowcase was attempted to be weighted down with rocks, but mm. of a very specific rock. It was Manhattan schist. Oh. <laughs> oh, no shit. Yeah, Manhattan So this schist. like forensics now, file shit. That yeah, this, yeah, this is early on. I mean, for 19, uh, for the early 1900s, this is, this is some pretty heavy duty shit that, all right, it's a rock. Yeah, but what kind of a rock? Well, it's Manhattan schist. Well, you're only going to find Manhattan schist in Manhattan. In Manhattan. You're not going to find that in Jersey. So it wasn't like these bodies... These body parts came from New Jersey. They mm -hmm. must have come from Manhattan. And then they start doing further detective work on the pillowcase. And I believe they found um, um, a price tag or, or they found some kind of a markings within the pillowcase that and as soon as they found the Manhattan schist, well, hey, this is no longer in Jersey's yeah. jurisdiction. Although we found the parts, the body parts in Jersey, now it's thrown back to uh, Manhattan detectives. I always laugh about that too. Whenever, because um, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm a lazy person, but I know when I don't want to get involved with something. So if I was ever a local cop that found a dead body and then the FBI shows up, I'm like, we're in charge now. I would never be the cop that fights. I'm like, all right, thanks. Feds are here. <laughs> all right, we don't have to cancel softball, guys. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> going to be all right. It's like, great. This one's kind of grisly for me, to be honest, guys. Oh, boy, am I glad to see you. <laughs> now, the key is this. The key is this. That the body parts washed up along the shore. Now, um, I know you're familiar he's, with he's the He's kicking show. himself for not going a little further and driving the Passaic because they'd still be there now. <laughs> if he had just ponied up the extra like 50, he used one of those counterfeit tens. He could have taken <laughs> oh, to the Passaic so and he would have lived his life out. Quit being Banging cheap. and dreaming. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> being cheap. Living it out. Yeah. Like. So I'll say this, because we covered this um, in a couple episodes recently. Uh, Roy DeMeo, which was a fan favorite. Uh, mm. One of, actually, the, the Westies episode we just did was so yes, well received. which was great. That was, um, but Eddie the Butcher was the guy that said that you got to deflate the lungs before you throw the body parts, and that way <laughs> right. it sinks to the bottom. Yeah, so the air doesn't bring mm -hmm. them topside. So if only, if only this priest had spent a little time in Hell's Kitchen, right. he might have learned a thing or two. <laughs> if he'd been think about that. If he'd been transferred right. to a parish in Hell's Kitchen instead of oh, Harlem. Right. Well, back in the day, too, as a, as a young boy uh, in the butcher shop back in Germany, they, they wouldn't bother deflating the lungs. So, I mean, there was no need, right? So no, exactly. Maybe he didn't learn yeah, that that's lesson. Yeah, From, like uh, all those hours spent looking through the butcher shop window. <laughs> Didn't once learn about the lungs. Right. <laughs> Wasted youth. Well, he uh, now the Hudson County detectives, they are going to find, like you said, Dad, this uh, price tag on a pillow. You know about this part? Yeah, price tag on the pillowcase. And then, um, all right, so let's do some further detective work. Where was this pillowcase made? Turns out to be made in a Factory in Newark, New Jersey. There you Sorry, go. Sorry, folks. New Jersey. Loser, not loserception. There's loserceptions to come. 
But uh, <laughs> we do have a uh, the, the Jersey connection here. It's the center of the universe. We didn't intend for it to be, folks. It's just the center of the universe. We it's, can't help it. It's a theme. Indeed. Yeah. Um, now, uh, again, these New York City detectives are going to wind up getting involved after they the Jersey detectives, the Hudson County boys in particular, are going to uh, figure out that uh, this pillowcase came from a factory over in Newark. They figure out the names on that. They hand over the information. Now, from there, New York City detectives are going to come in here and they're going to seek out – and I want to give them credit here too because the same way, Dad, you were just talking about um, that Manhattan shist thing. Schist. 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 Schist is a little different. Schist. Manhattan shist. We found some Manhattan shist. Whoops. Um, uh, funnily enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Try not saying it now. You're going to say it by accident and be like, shit. Well, it's shist. He got me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, shist. That is funnily a, enough. Th- that is the word tumor that's going to grow on my brain. <laughs> so that sounds something I need to live with. But <laughs> you said it. Well, they turned this over to the uh, the New York boys. Who uh, I want to give them credit here for this because they're actually using a little bit more sophisticated methods than early detectives. Uh, should be getting credit for because back in the day, it was especially if you were like uh, the the walking um, a beat, if you will. It mm. was we're going to go into this bar. F- we're going to find out where this guy drinks. We're going to smack him around until they tell us what we want to know. That right. kind of was early detective work. Um, so <laughs> these guys are doing a little bit of the thinking man's thing here. They wind up finding out that uh, they tracked down a delivery uh, for the pillowcase that was delivered over to on a certain date to a man going by the name of A. Van Dyke. Which is, believe it or not, you were talking about it earlier about having mm-hmm. fake names and personality. That is a fake name used by our boy Hans for his various undertakings. You always have to have a criminal name here too. Chris Abala, what would be your criminal nickname if you had one? That's a good one. Let's see, put me on the spot. It'd have to be a uh, Nikki the something. Nikki the it's, something. Nikki the, Nikki the noun. I mean, it's got to be an animal. It's always well, a fish. I'm, I'm it's a donkey. For, it's... No, but for using. Um, oh, the, oh, you mean like a oh, like yeah, an alias? What's your thing? You're going to sign up. You're going to uh, uh, put the papers in for uh, you know the, the dynamite you're going to use to blow somebody's car up. What? C Cortez. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not here to defend himself. You can't Perfect. take mine. C Cortez. That's going to be the name. <laughs> mine would be uh, Roscoe Nightshade. That's my name. That's <laughs> pretty great. Was that is that from one of those like first pet you own street you grew up on? On porn things is no that my, you got actually that, that's hilariously enough uh if it was that mine my porn name would be eddie magnolia <laughs> <laughs> and, and anybody i've told that to they're like why are you not using that on stage why are you not like that sh-? i was like oh you mean like as a joke they're like no that's, that's that has to be the name of a james cagney character at some point like eddie magnolia is very like <laughs> yeah, you know right. eddie early magnolia he runs the docks you know yeah it's yeah a- He's like, the, the, Bavarian, the Bavarian's looking for Eddie Magnolia. It would have been way funnier if I delivered it right the first time. But uh, Eddie Mag- that is good. Wow. Eddie yeah, Magnolia I haven't thought. I, so I need to spend some time on that. Well, so he's using so A. Good. Van Dyke, which is uh, the fake name here. And um, they actually find uh, having – here's the thing. You have to have a fake name when you're a Catholic priest because people are like, oh, is it- – yeah, it's you don't fa- want to put Father Schmidt. Father yeah. Schmidt, <laughs> that's <what> you imagine. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Why is he buying women's, uh, you know? Why is he buying pillowcases from Newark? Yeah, he lives at the weird. rectory. They have everything you need. Deliveries, baby. Um, so anyway, <laughs> why is uh, he importing? Back in the day, that was a big deal. It's like right, he's that's ordering from across the river. Yeah, handmade in Newark. Yeah, handmade in Trenton, Dad. The world makes. The world makes. The world takes. I'm sorry, Trenton. Newark, made- Trenton makes the world. There takes. it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this factory in Newark, the guy had really good records, and he goes back and checks, you know, former receipts and everything else, and finds that there was pillowcases and sheets and all kinds of stuff uh, that was ordered uh, and sent over, and then uh, to this uh, A Van Dyke, and the cops figure that out and uh, you know alert the 
New York City, uh, the Manhattan detectives, and they, you know, find out well what what address was all this stuff delivered to, these pillowcases and sheets and everything else, and they go, they find the apartment. They find the apartment held by a man by name the Den of Iniquity. Uh, yeah, where well, he lived with his illegal wife, where he wound up slitting her throat and dismembering her. That too, his murder. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, a. lest Van we Dyke. forget. Now they find the apartment, um, but they can't seem to get in because no one ever leaves or arrives. Wait, yeah, they they stake it out for a couple of days, couple of days yeah. to it's, see if anybody's coming and going, and nobody's coming and there's and nobody. Going. Yeah, well, it's one less tenant. Um, is the apartment <laughs> is the apartment under a Van Dyke? Did he did he rent Correct. it under a different name? Okay, yep. So they figure that one out over here. Now, when they finally do decide they're going to break in, and I do think this is probably – this probably wouldn't hold up in a court of law. They'd have to come up – this is like a Michael Chiklis, the shield thing. Like, did you hear mm-hmm. screams coming from in there? I did. You know, <laughs> They have to find a way in there. But the detectives, they wind up breaking the door down. They break into the apartment where they will find a bloody knife, dried blood on the walls, and personal correspondence to and from Hans Schmidt and also to and from Anna Mueller. Mm. So now all of a sudden you – Pretty much have it all here. Now that linked Hans to the pillowcase, Dad. Mm-hmm. Links him to the body parts, right? Which should also link him to the murder. But how do you make sure Hans gets punished for these crimes? I mean, how can you ensure that these charges are going to stick? So yeah, and it was a- also there was like a hand uh, handmade uh, monogram on the pillowcase with the body parts mm-hmm. were found in. Mm-hmm. There was a big A for Anna, I'm assuming. Right. And they find the same thing in the apartment on some of the other. Uh, I had to buy those monogram linens pillowcases from Newark. And it, like, it they really found is, me. There's other crimes too. It's, we found with that in the past where it was like uh, I think it was the Kelly family murderers dead that they were only able to identify dead bodies based off the monogram stitching inside suit uh, jackets. Right. Or really? Or, yeah. Who, so that well, was very the clothing important. that was on the body. That uh, oh, I know that, that right. That was tailor made by so and so. So now we're tracing it back. To, so is that what identifies her as Anna? Did they not? know it was her at this point? They, uh, they had suspicions on that. Okay. So now they're able to figure out, because they, they knew they were going to be looking for a man with a heavy German accent. So mm-hmm. that's going to fit your A. Van Dyke and your Hans Schmidt over there. Mm. So now how are you going to get these charges to stick, Dad? That's the whole thing. They got to finally confront him. They're going to figure out where Hans Schmidt is living. At the time, he's living in the rectory over at St. Stephen's, which is mm. up in Harlem, I believe. Um, now, they let him in. The the, the priests let uh, you know the uh, the authorities and in, the inspectors and the detectives. They're allowed to go in there, and they wake up Hans Schmidt. Hans sees them, and they're like, "All right, we got to figure out how we're going to approach this guy. We got to be careful here. This is a cunning sociopath. He probably has a clear alibi for the night. How are we going to make sure these charges stick? Last time he got in trouble with the law was back in Bavaria. His rich father came in with a lawyer. He was able to get out of everything. Is he going to play the mental card here? How are we going to play this one? Let's make sure we're airtight. And then uh, as Hans wakes up and sees him, he goes, "I killed her." <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I killed her because I loved her. None of the voices told him the cops are coming. They're, they're not particularly useful, are they? Like, no. why have all these voices <laughs> talking to you in three-part harmony if they're not at least going to help you get away with it? Exactly. I mean, what a waste. Well, yeah, so well I mean, right he, get, he'd get his comeuppance, but still, like, come on. Yeah, the, the Manhattan detectives, you know, trace Hans to the uh, St. Uh, St. Joseph's Church up in Harlem. They go confront him at the rectory. So in within the rectory, I'm I'm assuming it's like a living room type of a thing. But all the other priests that are also in the, in the same rectory mm-hmm. are sitting around watching this <laughs> this interaction Just between two priests the, playing you know paddle ball back and forth. <laughs> yeah, a little ping pong <laughs> yeah. action. Yeah. What? Schmidt did what? Yeah. Father Schmidt? I killed her. <laughs> I yeah. killed her. Yeah. What a scene. I, I killed her. I killed her because I loved her. 
Mm. Well, of course, if you love somebody, you got to kill them, right? Oh, I mean, because the voice has told me to. It's called a crime of passion for a reason. <laughs> it's so, ah, you know. That's it. Wow. No, that's the way to do it, man. Now, again, that's just he confesses immediately on the mere sight of the detectives. Um, that, that <laughs> now, as soon as he gives that outburst, the emotional outburst, he then calms down as he gives this bone chilling description of exactly how he carried out the crime. Well, I, I slit her throat and then almost Hannibal Lecter-esque. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's when I was saying Ralphie from The Sopranos here earlier too. Ralphie, if you remember, because mm. he's almost charming at times, Ralphie, on the show. Then he kills the hooker with braces that's pregnant with his kid outside mm. the Bada Bing. Um, and that's when you're just like, okay, I can't. I'm not really <laughs> laughing at his whimsy anymore. He's, right. not, he's not just a colorful character. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's some darkness here. It's, so mm. um, Now, again, so he's very calmly confessing all this to the horror of the other priests in the rectory. They're just like, we've been living with this guy. This guy's part of our, our this is a bad look for the church. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know? I don't, I think mass might be a little under attended here. Yeah. We might have to transfer him again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the collection plate might not be uh, as rich uh, yeah, as it was <laughs> a week before. <laughs> ah. No more folding money in that collection plate after this. Oh, but no. they had a true madman in their midst this entire time. Mm-hmm. They didn't know. Now, Han's trial is going to be a widely covered event. Okay, you're in New York. This is a, a, a brutal murder here. This is a, a pretty young lady's been killed. It's a horrific crime. Right. It's a priest. I mean, it's a oh, yeah. tabloid writer's dream. Absolutely. Well, it is, yeah, you know? and, and to that point, we're in the we're in the height of yellow journalism. So the papers William are Randolph just pumping Hurst. this up. Right, right. Big time, big time. They're not letting this one go at all. No, and uh, and again, whether it's a priest or not, where yeah. <laughs> they're running. I with. mean, imagine the play if that happened today. Forget right. it; like it'd be impossible. So back then, when there might not have been a lot of remarkable news, at least it yeah. probably didn't mm-hmm. carry as as widely. Well, if like, it bleeds, it leads, and oh, this is this has got this way, a whole yeah. lot more than that. This is very bloody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a this very story, bloody affair. Uh, I'll tell you what, just because sometimes we um, we soften things by the the time going into the past a little bit. Mm-hmm. If this story happened today, this is the number one news story for weeks. Oh God, this is know. yeah, this is the OJ trial. Like that, it's, it, it's, it's this is your OJ. There. This yeah, is Casey like, Anthony esque. That's the you know, more modern equivalent. Yeah, you know, it's uh, there's all it's going to be all over the place. And I will say this too, Dad, because we talked about it a little bit on the Patreon exclusive episode last week. We talked about Fatty Arbuckle, who kind of got um, mm. uh, done dirty, if you will. He did, yeah. yeah. Um, but he was done dirty by William Randolph Hearst, who didn't care because he said he was selling so many papers, it didn't matter if he got the facts right. These guys are getting the facts right on this particular story because they're getting it from the, the killer himself. Yeah, who's right. just that, coldly offering all the details of how yeah, he did it and, right. and where and when. And, and he's uh, he's a spectacle man in the courtroom too because they're kind of blown away by him. Um, so again- Does he plead guilty when he goes to court? I mean, I confessed, yes. but does he just stand like- Total confession, admits to full guilt. The only thing the defense can do is figure out if he's uh, sane or insane. Because if he's right, if he's right. deemed insane, then the death penalty comes off the table. Hmm. But if he's sane, they, so now that's the prosecution's job is to prove that he's sane enough in order to have he put some thought behind these crimes, he plotted these crimes, and then boom, there go you know you're going to get the chair because right. people want the chair for this motherfucker. I mean, yeah, at this time of the uh, time in history too, um, where often you, I mean, the state is, is still performing yeah. executions at this point. Yeah. Maybe our fourth episode in, we covered the history of the electric chair, and that's when I knew we had something here, Dad. We we really we, we opened up a wormhole <laughs> yeah. of just like holy crap, because. There was a, a couple of famous electric chairs. Okay, you know what I mean. Like, like you go there. There was like a different region. Like, oh, uh, down south they had a chair called uh, Yellow Mama. <laughs> okay, they had another one called uh, Old Smoky. 
Oh, okay. well, yeah. I mean, yep. Uh, then of course that was a big seller for the, sure. The most the name says it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, old Sparky is actually um, <laughs> old Sparky is the one I that stand uh, corrected. It's the most famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's New York. It, it's killed a lot of very famous people. It killed the Rosenbergs, our very mm-hmm. first Patreon episode. Um, they used that to kill um, uh, the, the killer for uh, um, the Lindbergh baby. Uh, yep, fiasco. Hauptman. Yep. Uh, uh, Kaupman or something like that. What was it? I forget his name. Doesn't matter. Listen back to the catalog. Back. That's a free one, motherfuckers. That's <laughs> but a free one. For as little as three dollars a month, you can enjoy the episodes on Fatty Arbuckle Richard and the history Houtman. of the electric there chair. It is. <laughs> so $3. now they're calling for the chair here. They want old Sparky to get involved. They're like, oh, we, we want old Sparky to kill this dude. He's they can't wait. So they're looking for it here. Now his trial again widely covered here. The defense is going to argue that mental illness runs so deep in his family. To the point where they actually come out with like a diagram and they can showcase. There's doctors up there. Yeah, the family tree is being created as to uh, yeah, the, grandpa was nuts. This one was right. nuts. So, I mean, they're all crazy. Did you see crazy how many lineage. family members? Huh? Did you see how many family yeah, members well, they showed mental illness? Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, like 60? 60. Like, documented? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 60. And yeah. that's a lot for once upon a time. Oh, it's totally. the idea that they're like, that was something that was kind of kept quiet-ish. It's I mean, socially. A, so the fact that there are actually I, medical documents, that's how crazy that they Well, I don't know if there was medical know, documents, but the, the defense was anecdotal. <laughs> at least 60 and, and a good number of them also committed suicide. So, I mean, is there oh, mental that's instability right. there because they committed suicide or whatever? Right, that's, but, that's or true. alcoholism. And there was a lot of, you know, he had a, a checkered uh, family tree. Mm. There was a few broken branches in I'll his bet. family yeah. tree. He, uh, you could make the case. So- in fact, uh, everybody wanted this guy to fry. Everybody wanted this guy to fry. But the jury um, was actually diligent in their job. They heard out the case and they wound up deadlocked. So it was a hung jury mm. because they couldn't determine the evidence was compelling enough that this guy's a crazy person, that we shouldn't give him the death penalty. <laughs> and that was one of the last like moral grounds that they had with the death penalty too. Um, but anyway, as they're moving on, the second trial is going to happen a couple of weeks later. And in the second trial, a little bit of new evidence that comes forward, Dad. All right, maybe a little – a little prior proper planning, if you will. It <laughs> right. prevents poor performance. That's it. <laughs> Piss poor performance. <laughs> so what was the new evidence that came over? Do you have that or uh, I can talk about it if you don't? Yeah, there was uh, another woman beyond, beyond Anna that uh, there was a life insurance policy taken out for. And then uh, they had her fake being Anna. This woman's name was like Bertha, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Hans Schmidt goes, uh, hey. We're going to forge some documents. You know, I'm really good at this. I've been doing yeah, this since, like, right. been since I was in the seminary. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. So, <laughs> right. so he I forged a document like nobody else yeah. in Bavaria. <laughs> Would I lie to you? <laughs> <laughs> so he pops in over there and he gets this uh, this woman birth. He goes, you're going to sign this life insurance document as my wife, Anna, right? And then if anything happens to Anna, then we both get you know some money. Here, here's a real $10 bill for you. <laughs> Thanks for signing. <laughs> The policy at the time was, by the way, worth $5,000, which I'm sure adjusted for inflation for today is like through the roof. And we're talking like three, four tanks of gas. Um, (laughs) But but, uh, yeah. So. Complete Phillips. Oh, yeah. yeah, Full, full tanks. On on an F-150, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. We're talking 19 gallon (laughs) tanks. Yes. So because of that, they actually were showing, well, because that changes the degree of murder too. If this was a murder of passion. Um, I, I forget how the exact legal thing breaks down. Aaron would have been great to have on for that part. Um, she's a lawyer too. Uh, um, you stuck with me. That's Sorry. It. <laughs> You're stuck with a wise ass. <laughs> but if we had uh, – because they showed planning, I think that upped the charges because – It was now, premeditated. Well, so. premeditated. Now there's uh, – the motive is there and then the incentive of the payoff for the life insurance. That's an for additional sure, crime yeah. being tacked on. 
So yeah. on this particular one, that's when they say, all right, you got to, you got to date with old Sparky, bud. <laughs> yeah. And at the second trial, um, there was, the judge was Vernon Davis. Uh, and he strongly advised against letting the second trial end like the first, which was a hung jury, mm -hmm. a mistrial. Um, this is uh, Judge Davis's quote, if you are satisfied that the defendant purchased the knife and the saw because he killed her with the knife and then cut up the body parts with the saw that he just recently purchased. So if you are satisfied that the defendant purchased the knife and saw with which he cut up the body, thinking of using them as he did, and if you are satisfied that in the middle of the night he went to the flat, took off his coat and cut her throat, and then cut up her body, what conclusion do you come to? Davis asked the jury, use your common sense, your experience with men. Bear in mind, it isn't every form of mental unsoundness that excuses a crime. Mm. So he's saying, yeah, yeah, that's freaking nuts. Judge Vernon Vengeance stepped up and he was <laughs> yeah. like, listen, we can't do this again. It's right, almost right? a little Cochran in there too, right? Took off the coat, slit her throat. throat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. But, uh, yeah, I think the, the judge, you know, was just trying to uh, point out to that, that, yeah, that's absolutely crazy, but that doesn't mean that you're going to excuse this guy, that he yeah. knew what he was going to do mm -hmm. right yeah. from the get-go. So uh, he's going to go uh, up to Sing Sing, Ossining Prison over there. Again, yeah, there. Sing Sing. That's the Very big famous house. joint. That's he's, the big house for New York State. And he's going to fry fry, all right? <laughs> so they got him uh, set up with a date with old Sparky. Okay, the state electrician is going to come in. That, by the way, if you don't know, I don't know if you heard that episode, but that is I didn't. the state electrician was a job that was held. So when you hear state electrician, I'm thinking like IBEW coming in there, like, oh, they <laughs> have to gotta do some inspections right, here. Right. You know, hey, you really should put a GFI on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, this guy's job was he would set up the electric chair and he would flip, pull the switch himself, uh, flip this, you know, pull the lever uh, back mm -hmm. then in order to make sure everything went well. Because the first couple times they tried to uh, use the electric chair, which was thought to be more humane because hangings had become so gruesome, mm. they actually cooked the first couple of dudes that they did this on. <laughs> so uh, they wanted to make sure they, you know, there's actually a state electrician whose entire job is to make sure. I like to picture he did it on weekends. You know what I mean? Right. It's a, <laughs> right. It's a thing. It's like, like a couple hey, extra bucks. I, yeah. I don't want to work, but, you know, the Dodgers are in town, so I want to bring the kids. You know? Yeah. It's like he's a veterinarian during the week, and on the weekend <laughs> he's executing mofos. Oh, like, uh, man. Yeah. Another but, little interesting side note that I found with that too, with since the uh, electric chair episode that we did, was that one of the big pushes to go from hanging the criminals to electrocuting them, hanging them, the state is going to hang you. Well, there was a lot of lynchings and stuff going on. So, what's uh, the difference between somebody lynching some, you know, the mob lynching somebody, yeah, and yeah, the state hanging somebody? Like vigilantism and legitimate execution. Yeah, right. We so need to the, distinguish we, ourselves. Right. We're we're going to be legitimate. We're mm. going to fry you rather than hang you. So, right, um, yeah, because that's gross. Cooking yeah. you in a chair is fine. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Get what you deserve. That's vile. Okay, yeah. we can't have that. But we're going to hook them up and and actually, run. the state electric like. Uh, Electrician for this particular episode with the with old Hans. I'm excited. Was the number two guy. Um, we had the state electrician. The first appointed state electrician was a guy by the name of Davis, and uh, he had a he had a really good track record. Uh, Edwin Davis was the first New York state electrician. 
who presided over 240 electrocutions. Oof. Now, early on, there was a learning curve there. How do you know? Because <laughs> yeah. this, this is a whole new technology, this electricity. Yeah. It was like Kahuna, you know, right. when he first started, he was, <laughs> yeah. he was struggling a bit. Now, you know, this guy's probably towards the end, like a number like 215 or something. He's probably conducting off-site electrocutions. Yeah. Well, he he's was. phoning it. He he's was. telegraphing it into somebody. <laughs> he's he's an, an, absolutely true. Because uh, funny that you say that. Because <laughs> his number two guy was uh, a deputy sheriff electrician by the name of John Hurlbert, and he was the guy that flipped the switch for uh, for our friend Sans. And uh, so you got he, Kahuna and Chris Mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, so, yeah, and and fits the theme with shining a light on number two. Yeah. In the show. See, there you go. Now you're calling out this Call guy. Back. Number yeah. one and number two is that your tagline for the show? Am I wrong? And then, uh, oh, Herbert, uh, John Herbert, who, who was the, the second state electrician for New York State, he executed around 140 prisoners. So he didn't quite, you know, uh, yeah, his like mentor. he didn't put up the same numbers as <laughs> right, yeah, right, the, right, the, right, the top right, guy right. in the field for right, the New right. York State. Yeah, and uh, you know there was others that followed suit, and then as these guys started to figure out exactly how to, what's the best way to electrocute somebody. Then they started taking it on the road and they would help out Connecticut and they would help out New Jersey and, you know, do a little, couple little side jobs. Do a road show. Yeah. <laughs> taking it on Back the road. The road show was a big deal in the early 20th century. They're yeah, just like, we're going to take our act on the road. <laughs> That's right. Well, then uh, there's a couple of famous chairs, like we were saying too. That's always fun to even go down that wormhole. Um, but by the way, one thing we want to point out too, Hans doesn't seem too bothered that he's going to die. He admitted to full guilt and everything. Wow. I think he had a quote that says, I'd rather die today than tomorrow. Wow. Uh, but there are going to be some appeals in there. So he wanted, he spends about a year at Sing Sing uh, waiting for the appeals to go through. And in that time frame, the story starts to change a little bit for the convenience of the appeal, I think. Yeah. And then um, the newspapers aren't letting go of this. Mm, I mean, they're, and right. They're, they're, they're following every possible lead they can to figure out, you know, where else was Hans before he came to New York City? Mm. And uh, there was even, and again, now you've got to think of the times because America has, it's like the year before America gets involved with World War One, mm. And uh, some of the German police are asking about this guy, Hans, because they've got unsolved, mysterious murders, mm. crimes right. from way back when, when this guy was back home in the old <sighs> Burgle and uh, Sealing, Schillingstadt back in the back in the old country, um, <laughs> that there were some unsolved uh, murders of uh, little girls uh, oh, back then. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Schmidt is executed before he could be shipped back to Germany for questioning or mm. the German people could come over here. And again, things were a little little Getting dicey intense. over in Europe. Over yeah, there. yeah. But uh, meanwhile, there's also a uh, uh, another mysterious murder. Uh, a little nine-year-old girl goes missing back in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Mm. Where he got where kicked this out guy, of first. Where, which was his first parish when he came to the United right. States. That a nine-year-old girl was found uh, dismembered in the basement of the church. Oh, Jesus. And sadly, there was a a janitor who was accused and tried and and sent to prison for that murder, only to be acquitted later on when they found out that he wasn't wasn't the murderer. Right. Hans was, but... uh, uh, I believe it was the victim's uncle that demanded his release, too. Yeah. Really? But that was another unsolved... uh, Murderers. Now, keep in mind, while he's in uh, Sing Sing for this year, that's when these alienists or psychologists are studying him. You know, like the people that come up and try to get like, well, let's pull some quotes as goes, try to understand how the mind works. Right, right. So 
he's getting a little bit of a celebrity uh, you know thing going on with that. But it's weird because um, again, he's at first saying that he's completely okay with dying. Then the idea of the appeals start to come in. I think his legal team starts telling him to change the story up a little bit. One such story that he started to give was he goes, oh, actually, you know, in truth, um, the dentist guy I was banging, my friend Ernest, who I was having a, a, a you know homosexual relationship with, which I'm sure people were like, well, that's pretty yeah. – very forward, very progressive actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 He was also uh, uh, very much uh, pro-choice too because he was – he encouraged or maybe even forced Anna to get an abortion. I okay. mean, in, in a sense. Yep. So he's forcing – here's the crazy part. He's saying that they got Ernest the dentist to come over there and do the abortion and then unfortunately Ernest killed her on accident during the botched abortion. Oh man! So they're saying that's what the he's cause throwing of the death. best lover he ever had under the bus too. <laughs> Boy, this guy's merciless. Am I right? You're right. And then Hans is such a good guy that he goes, and I just didn't want Ernest to have to deal with that, so I let the, I let the authorities chase me instead. You know, because oh when you have a botched abortion, the natural next thing to do is to then chop up the yeah. person's body, drink their blood, have sex with the dead of body, course. and then dump it over the side of a ferry in the Hudson River. And you call the teeth guy to help you with that. By the way, <laughs> like if you need an abortion done, listen, it's a little south of where your area of expertise <laughs> normally is. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're getting like you start at the lips. No, not those. You have to move down. It's uh, it's in there somewhere. It's a growth. No, I listen. All right. I'm gonna come clean with you, Ernest. All right. I lied. Okay. It's not it's not a mouth infection, it's a tummy infection. I need you to help me out with this. But it's uh it's but, he changes that story and then he as you're holding this weird hook like object, by the way, as I'm looking, you're talking about abortion. What what is that? Because you've been this, I think this fingering it in a very uh very hand. neutral way. This it, is my fidget spinner. Um, is it really? No. It's like, I'm just wondering. It's, it was a little OCD. This just like, so abortion. I'm like, yeah, wow. This is a, he's got a curtain. hook. Yeah, oh, okay. Curtain. So, uh, anyway. I get it. I probably have ADHD, so I understand. <laughs> I got to do something. Wow. <laughs> uh, so now our boy is up in Sing Sing, and uh, he's trying to change the stories a little bit. He actually protests the night before he dies, saying he's innocent, blah, 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 all this other stuff. And then the day of, all of a sudden, it just clicked in his head. He goes, they said he was so quiet and reserved as he was marched down towards old Sparky. And uh, he winds up getting the chair. Uh, I think his last words were, uh, he wanted to say, I apologize to everyone I've offended and anyone that's been offended by me, right? And then I think hmm. his, his final words, he mumbled under his breath, were like uh, uh, something to his mother or whatever. So even a sociopath can still be a mama's boy, right? Um <laughs> But anything you want to say on the way out, Dad, on this one? Because, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, I'm going to wrap up. I got one last line I want to deliver here. But uh, you got anything else on our boy Hans? No, just that, uh, you know, next time you want to go to confession, you can think about, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Yeah. <laughs> See where that gets you. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris, thank you for coming on the show, brother. Always oh, good talking hey, to you, man. I appreciate it. I yeah, appreciate and being plug one guest. more time your, uh, your show. For sure. Chris Abal's podcast experiment. You can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Pod. And uh, once again, available wherever you stream your music, get your podcast. New episode every Monday. And uh, if you're just getting it on the ground floor of the show, if you kind of want to get an idea of what the show's about, it's basically group shows. And I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one interviews and crossovers like we're about to do nice. with some other shows at a shared universe. Uh, there is a Best of 2021 Volume 1 and Volume 2. So if you want to check those out to see if it's your thing, because why not? <laughs> then uh, if you listen to KP episode, you're like, this is great. And then you tune in the following week, you're like, this is dog shit. Then at least you can kind of see what what the show is generally about. So you can check out those best of episodes. Uh, they're not that far back. They're right at the end of 2021. If we did a best of, it would just be uh, 90 minutes of Kahuna saying, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. I think a super cut of that is, it, uh, you, I mean, for, for at least $3 a month, I think we need to give them <laughs> a super cut of Kahuna going, what? 
I'll put my boy Andy Highroller on that one, man. He's uh... <laughs> I think so. well, that's that's definitely not a criminal uh, pseudonym, but okay. No, uh, he's uh, um, he's been a, one of the favorite guests on the show here too. He actually had uh, I think I told you that he had he moved down to Memphis, and he was right. talking about he just bought a house in Memphis, and he's mm-hmm. talking. He goes, "Oh man, the uh, uh, rent is starting to get too high around here, so I'm thinking about buying a house." And then right down the street from his apartment, there was a, a gangland killing, and that's Memphis's version of New York rent control. <laughs> <laughs> every couple right. of, every couple of months they sit there and say all right let's get the yeah goes. listen we gotta we gotta maintain this how do we how do we keep this going i got it <laughs> uh, but i'll be down at beale street visiting him here eventually we'll see if he made it to the end of this episode to hear a shout out but um <laughs> thank you again for coming on the show Dude, man thank it's you for fun. having me it lawrence awesome. patrick great work as always kahuna thank you for uh you're very quiet today kahuna all right, <laughs> right. you know thank we, you for leaving we were expecting more no he's I, just shaking his head he's like ah. <laughs> these jerks so uh we're gonna handle this one on the way out here Again, guys, we're just taking the month of July off. Uh, July, we're going to suspend the Patreon. You will not be charged for the month of July because we won't be giving you any content. That's not fair. Now, if you want to join the Patreon in the month of July and get access to the whole back channel because you're missing the show, um, I appreciate that. It helps us out. helps me keep buying Mike and Ming Chen's love, all right, and also paying for the kahuna. And so if you want to do that, that really helps us out here too. If you want, follow me. If you're not already, at KP Burke Sucks over on Instagram. Uh, I got rid of my Twitter already because you get on Twitter, Kevin Smith tweets out your project and then you delete Twitter because that's the best it's ever going to get. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's it. That's Retire. the Just yep. that's it. It's like, it's I'm never going to get better. Yeah. The high and I'm so happy to expect because anytime something big happens in the news with Twitter, you just want to stay the hell away from it because it's, you're just going to get bombarded and it just ruins your day. Yeah, if you can end your Twitter career on something good. Oh yeah. It's like, it's just never going to get better than that. That's a win. I had two wins. I had Colin Quinn tweet out a picture of me and him together on stage um, and followed me. And then I had um, uh, Kevin Smith tweet out my project with the links in it and credit to Cahoon and everything too. Wow. So that is available. By the way, the full special is free over on YouTube. Do me a favor. If you're hearing it here, write Devil Dan Sickles in the comments so that I know it's you guys because I have to share that account. That That's actually on the Laugh Buttons account. So sometimes I can't really see who it is that's commenting. So write Devil Dan Sickles or American Loser. I appreciate you guys very much. Lawrence Patrick, great work as always. All right. Um, check out. I got upcoming dates. They'll be all promoted on social media. Sunset Strip Comedy Club in Austin, Texas. I think it's July 16th. I'm going to be out there. I'll double check that date. But I'm on two shows on that one. Going to be very fun. Friend of the show, Jeff Zenesek, is going to be out there with me, too. He was on one of the very, very early ones. So come check us out over there. Anyhow, Sing Sing is where Hans fried fried. On February 18, 1916, the state electrician administered three deadly jolts of electricity to the only Catholic priest ever given the death penalty by the United States of America, Hans Schmidt. Sing Sing, fry fry, bye bye. American loser. American loser the day I was born An American loser the day I was born An American loser the day I was born